Welcome to the Central Florida Buzz with Mike Kara, the podcast for Central Floridians who want to be in the know on what's happening in Orange, Lake, Osceola, and Seminole counties. Sponsored by the Central Florida Home Brewers, the premier craft and homebrew club. Learn to brew beer, kombucha, mead, or make wine. Visit www.cfhb.org. Now, here's your host, Mike Kara. Well, welcome back to our next edition of the Central Florida Buzz with Mike Kara. As today we are here at Dead Lizard Brewing in beautiful um, Orlando, Florida, for the Central Florida Brew Home Brewers General Membership Meeting, and uh, we're talking today to uh, Mr. John Sather, who is a member of the Central Florida Home Brewers, and John. Right now, what we want to talk about during this segment is judging. And uh, first of all, you know, I know we've, we've got a lot of younger uh, listeners. We've got, new, you know, new listeners that might not be as familiar with what we're talking about. So what we're talking about is that there's beer competitions, you know, around the state, around the country, around the world. But we'll keep it within the country here. But, uh, you know, tell us a little bit about, you know, I- exactly what a beer judge does. Oh, okay. Well, first of all, thank you for inviting me again. I'm hoping that your listeners aren't getting tired of me because I uh, enjoy uh, uh, these little chats that we have. Um, Beer judging is called, it's Beer Judge Certification Program, and it is a program that that you, a person studies to really understand all the different styles of, of beer. And beer, you can kind of categorize by the yeast. You'll have a, uh, the, you know, the American-type lager, you know, the bland, tasteless beers uh, are a certain yeast. And then it moves into a, um, oh, a IPA or a, a pale ale-type yeast. And then it'll move into a Belgium yeast. Uh, you know, that gives you the little peppery... Um, bits to it i guess and then uh, you know there's a uh, the the sour yeast the bretomyces uh, lactobacillus uh, pediococcus uh, the bugs is what they call those that uh, are not really a flaw if you want it in the sour beers but if it's in a pale ale or a regular uh, american style beer it's a flaw or a a fault which um, is what the bjcp tries to look for in beer there's to brew beer and to have the home brewing uh, ha- uh habit i should i should say because it's something that you have to develop and it's something that's learned it's not something you're really born with you have to uh, want to know what's in beer you want to know how come it makes me feel like it does which is usually the yeast to do that but to get the yeast to do that you have to feed them and give them an environment that they can grow in and uh, that's called wort or uh, sugar water or the, you soak um, barley or wheat in a certain temperature 148 to 154 Fahrenheit and that will turn the starches of those cracked uh, seeds that were half germinated before they were dried back out and that it will convert to sugars which is what you want to get or a brewer wants to, to create for certain styles of beer and usually the more sugar you get out of the uh, the cracked wheat or, or, or barley, malt is what it's called, 
not like a shake from, you know, uh, steak and shake. It's not that kind of a malt. It's the malt of a barley or a, a wheat or something like that can create that. And those are the things that a BJCP judge needs to know. They need to know what are the goals of the BJCP, which are to create people who understand these different yeast styles, these different malts that and hops also that that impart flavors to these different styles of beers that we drink these days. Although, in my opinion, these days I'm a little old school and I don't really want a um, moon pie marshmallow, you know, stout or a, or a agave, you know, uh, pale ale. I just want a regular old right, right. beer, you know. Yeah. But some of the younger people, like you say, they are looking for all these different flavors, yeah. you know, and and the, the the younger brewers are doing that, really. They're, you know, uh, Oreo cookie pale ale, you know. I mean, things like that are coming along, which years ago, according to the Reinheischgebolt of, what, 1513, I think it is, yeah. uh, you know, the German purity law that isn't even followed in Germany anymore because they can't. But, uh, you know, the, uh, I, I just the BJCP is a program that that measures depth of knowledge of a, a brewer for what they can create in the beer styles that they try to brew. Right. Oh, wow. So, you know, you had mentioned, John, about, you know, Oreos and, you know, all the, these different flavors. But, I mean, as a judge, do you find yourself tasting these beers? I mean, how do you go about judging a, uh, an Oreo beer then? Uh, well, very, very carefully, really. Um, I, actually, I was just judging this weekend over at the Hot and Humid contest. Right. And um, they have the... Um, can't remember the name of it, Monopolis or something like that category, which is really they want brewers to send something unusual. They want something like an agave or a, a you know a taco beer or something. You know they want something that's that's not the normal you know served up beer that you would buy in a refrigerator. I mean in the store or have in your refrigerator. Uh, so I, I actually got to judge a few of those today, and uh, you know they. I don't know they're they're weird things that you know uh, that you wouldn't think would ever be in beer. And most of the time when they create these things, they do it through the um, mash pro process, which is when you heat the water to a certain amount and you stir in these these um, grains or these malts or, you know, the wheat or the barley, you add this at that time with that 154 to 148 degrees. That's when you would add the Oreo cookies or the moon pie, uh, you know, right. stuff, uh, which would impart those kind of flavors on it. Although the yeast will go in there and grab those sugars and start eating them up. You know, um, that's when you have to either stop the yeast from eating toward the end of the fermentation, which uh, primary is around five, six days in an ale, maybe even a, a lager, but um, lagering takes a little longer. They're a little cleaner, and they and they ferment from the bottom instead of the ales like the top of the uh, the liquid that you're trying to, uh, you know, sugar water you're trying to have eaten up by these sugar, uh, these yeasts. So BJCP basically means you you have a clear understanding of the brewing process from start to finish, where you start with a with a all these ingredients, you 
ferment, you create a certain environment or temperature for these yeasts to eat and yeast are what a little one cell amoeba thing that uh you know they kind of cell divide they don't really they're not born or anything they kind of like are a little balloon and then another balloon pops off of that one you know as it as it is eating these sugars to create uh basically co2 and alcohol and um once you understand that process of the yeast eating the sugars, then you understand, then you have to stay clean with your, uh, and sanitary with your equipment. You have to be able to s- bottle or, or contain this beer. Once it's, you know, once the yeast eat that sugar, it's got alcohol, it's beer or wine or cider or perry or, uh, sake, whatever you're trying to do, uh, as a brewer. And, once you you have a container for that, you know you're you know usually I try to keg anymore. I don't really do a lot of bottling like I used to. Um, it, I, I do a five gallon batch. I think we talked earlier about the Brusilla that you know. Yeah, and, and I really yeah. I I enjoy this Brusilla. I'm finding out more and more all the time. On the I'm on the Brusilla. Um, lovers web page i think it's called it's out of uh australia and it's i'm learning that i can adjust the temperatures on that bruzella i checked and i you know my mash temperature is supposed to be 148 well it's only 142 and i i can adjust that in with the in you know the instructions to get it up to 148 it, it can go plus 10 minus 10 which i like um also it can step mash, which is something that I haven't talked about because there's a step mash and a decoction mash. One of them is where you kind of take some of the the sugar water out and you heat it up and then dump it back in. And that's a decoction where the other step mash is where you, you, you're heating it up in, in sections. You'll heat up to one, you know, from 131 to 144 and then from 144 to 148 and then 148 to 154. Uh, that's where the conversions of starch to sugars happen a lot. And then you'll want to mash out or stop that that process or that conver- converting process and amp it up or uh, bump the uh, temperature up to 168 for 15 or 10 minutes to stop that process. So uh, BJCP judges have a good idea on the styles of beer they're drinking and what they are expected to be and then when you do a homebrew competition some of these beers come in with faults or flaws or whatever you want to call them it could be diacetyl which are diacetyl depends on how you say it buttery you know theater popcorn you could be dms uh, vegetable corn cooked corn it could be uh, light struck you know skunky it could there's so many beer is kind of hard to brew without uh, something, some flavor kind of getting in there and messing it up, you know. So you have to be clean and sanitary. And um, yeah, I, I just kind of do my best. I think I told you I'm a frustrated beer brewer and more of a mead maker. Yeah. <laughs> hey, okay, uh, John. And before we uh, go, you know, I'm, I'm sure our listeners are saying, Wow, okay, you've mentioned all this about judging, you know, how do I become a judge? So you you mentioned all all that, you know, you, you have the palate and all these different things, but I mean, what's the best way if somebody'd like to become a, a beer judge? 
Well, best way would be to find a homebrew club right. and join a homebrew club. But right. if not, then you would go to BJCP.org, and you could sign up there, read all the information they have. There's so much depth and knowledge there that you have to kind of know. But uh, they, once you get take these tests, and they're, they do cost a little bit, but they're not that much. They're, they're pretty cheap. You take a tasting test, and you take a written test. Uh, but to even do that, you have to take an online test in the beginning and pass that. So you kind of study up a little bit and, and take the online test. And then if you want to uh, go farther, you go off and take a tasting test somewhere, Jacksonville or Orlando or Tallahassee or Miami or somewhere. And then there sometimes are um, uh, written tests that you can take also. Uh, so... You your point you get points by judging in these competitions or stewarding, which is a different thing altogether. Except stewards basically pour the beer, collect the beer, uh, and clean up after the judges are finished. They are an essential part of any competition, and they're very needed in in these competitions these days. I really wish more people would learn to want to evaluate beer, and that's really what you're doing. You're you're showing. Your depth of knowledge, and, and and if you don't drink all sorts of different beers, that doesn't mean that you can't go do it. You, you really like IPAs. Well, you know what an IPA tastes like, and you know if there's a stone or a, uh, you know, Sam Adams or a dogfish head or, you know, whatever uh, commercial example. And then you can compare that to the uh, that style uh, in the competition. Okay, uh, John, any final thoughts or anything else you'd like to mention here? I uh, just got a, a young man here come tell me that I might have won the raffle. If you but, can get uh, tickets, I'll cover your prize. Uh, I don't have any. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I didn't have any money for the raffle this, oh. this time around, so... Uh, it's either beer or raffle, and for me, yeah, it's beer. beer. Got to be the beer, yeah. <laughs> okay. But I enjoy, I enjoy judging. I look forward to the competitions. I look forward to the camaraderie of of all uh, my friends that I I developed in this you know homebrew um, beer community. It's really been a lot of fun, and and here I got one of my friends coming out looking looking out for me in case <laughs> I uh, you know won the 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 fifty fifty or whatever we got going on in there. Okay, my guest has been uh, John Sather from the Central Florida Home uh, Brewers, and you've been listening to uh, the Central Florida Buzz with Mike Kara uh, here at Dead Lizard Brewing in Orlando, and please stay with us for our next segment. Well, welcome back to our next segment of this edition of the Central Florida Buzz with Mike Kara as we are here today at Dead Lizard Brewing in beautiful uh, Orlando, Florida, as the Central Florida Home Brewers is having their general membership meeting. And with me today, first time on the show, we're so blessed and honored to have Mr. Dave Snow, who is a, a member of the Central Florida Home Brewers. First of all, Dave, we understand that you were in the Air Force for many years. Thank you for your service. No, you're welcome. And uh, sure. And so first of all, you know, speaking of that, that might be an interesting starting point is how you got, uh, you know, started in brewing. Was it in the Air Force? Was it after? Or? Well, it was uh, it was actually not in the Air Force. But when I was in the Air Force is when I first um, 
started learning about craft beer because I spent a year in uh, 1985. I, my wife and I spent a year in Belgium. Ooh. So that's where we really started to learn what good beer was all about. Uh, but then after I retired from the Air Force and moved to Orlando, uh, a couple of friends of mine and I were started getting into craft beers. We would go down to the local uh, wherever we could find good craft beers and try them. And then uh, my friend Dave um, and Derek got into home brewing, and they got me in. They, they invited me to join them one time, and that was that. The rest is history. Um, been doing it for about 23 years now. Oh, great. And uh, so, I mean, for you, is there any particular beers that you enjoy brewing? Or in the, these 23 years, have you brewed quite a few different types? I, I try to brew as many styles as I can. I tend to be a little uh, traditional. I like the traditional styles of beer. Um, but I, I do, as an example, uh, I just brewed an Oktoberfest that uh, I brew every single year. We have an Oktoberfest party in our house, and and I brew that, and it, and I, I tweak the recipe, change it a little beer, a little bit from year to year. Um, but I, I don't really stick to too many. You know, I, I do, I brew a lot of styles. <laughs> Oh, okay. And yeah, you mentioned about, uh, you know, having these at parties. And, you know, one thing for our listeners, you know, you can't sell this beer, but one thing you can do is is that to be the beer for the party. Then. Absolutely. <laughs> we, we And home brewers love to share our beer. That's where we get, uh, that's where we get the feedback from it. Um, and I, I love to share my beer and we... I try to have as many beers as possible on tap when I when we have these parties uh, in October, and also we do a, a St. Patrick's Day party at our house. So I'll brew a stout and an Irish red and things like that for our St. Patty's Day. Um, so yeah, yeah, I, I love to to brew different styles like that. So, Dave, you mentioned that you brew, you know, beer, ales, and lagers. But, I mean, as far as things like ciders or meads, have you got it into that? Or? I've tried it a couple of times. Um, actually, my wife did a, a, a cider. She decided she wanted to get into a little, doing a little bit of brewing. So we did a, a, a pineapple cider together that turned out pretty well. Um, I've done many, many years ago. I did a mead or two, but um, I tend to stick to the beer for the most part. Oh, so we were mentioning the different, uh, you know, styles. I mean, is there a particular style? Well, you mentioned with the parties, you know, the stouts and the red ale, but right. I mean, is there a particular style that you find yourself coming back to again and again? Uh, there's a few. Um, like, as I mentioned earlier, the Oktoberfest style, the Marzen style, um, I do every year. I do a porter that I like, um, that I brew quite often. Um my Irish Red is is another favorite. So there's a few that I do from you know over and over again, uh, and then in, I I still experiment too in trying new styles. But I have a few favorites. Yeah, great. So I mean, for you, Dave, you know we're we're talking about judging, and the meeting was you know had all this judging and competitions. I mean, do you enter your a lot of beers at competitions? I I've I did at one time enter quite a few competitions. I've kind of cut back now. I, I mainly just enter um, Sunshine Challenge, which yeah. we're all getting ready for. Yeah. Um, so I've got a few entries in that one, and um, and we'll hopefully turn out well. We'll see. 
Oh, great. So, uh, Dave, uh, we mentioned this is Central Florida Home Brewers, our, our monthly meeting. So tell us a little bit about the, uh, your history in the club. You mentioned you've been brewing for 20-some years, but, I mean, how long have you been in the club? I've been in the club since, I believe, it was around 2001, oh, somewhere wow. in there. Yeah, um, I found out about the club, as I, as I mentioned earlier. It was a couple friends of mine and I that brewed together, and they kind of got out of the hobby a little bit and i stuck with it and one day uh my friend and i were down at st cloud was having a little beer festival and there was a cfa in central florida home brewers had a had a booth set up and i'd never heard of him before never met anybody but bob weeder who was a valued member of our club and a girl named kelly eager who was former president of our club were there serving beers and uh just Got to talking with them, and I said, well, I'll show up to the next meeting when they were, we were meeting at Rossi's, um, and, that was, and that was that. I became a member and, and been a member ever since. I'm now a lifetime member and, uh, and love it. So, I mean, you know, one thing I know that this club is doing is encouraging, you know, younger members and, you know, people that might have an interest. They like beer, but they want to, like we said, brew better, better beer. And, I mean, do you feel, are you one of the advocates or could be to help people if they had any questions or if they wanted help? Or? Absolutely. Um, I've, yeah, I, absolutely. I would love to be able to um, pass on a little knowledge or whatever of, uh, Someone wants to come over and and assist me with a brewing session. Um, one thing I would recommend that I've just done recently here at Dead Lizard is to get to know the brewer. Right. And um, I've been I've been fortunate enough to to be asked to help out brewing here at the brewery, um, which is a great experience yeah. to uh, to see what the commercial side of of it is, and it, and it and it helps a lot with your home brewing, uh, just to know. The process and everything, uh, so it was uh, that was interesting. But I would love to help out younger brewers. Oh, great! And you know, we were talking, you know, about the process. I mean, my dad and myself, you know, we we cook on the stove, which is one way. And here at Dead Lizard, they do not. They have a, a lot of different equipment. But I mean, do you feel that you know, even though that there's different ways of of you know doing home brewing, that there there is there is still that similarity? I mean, it's all pretty much just the same things it, it to is, do. It is a very similar process just on a bigger or smaller scale. Right. Um, and then whether you're doing uh, extract brewing, like you were saying, you know, doing it on your stove, yeah. or if you're doing into all grain, you can make award-winning beers on your stovetop. Right. You know, um, you can do smaller batches or whatever, um, but you can still make great beer using extract um Going with all grain gives you a little more control over the process and everything and control over what you might be looking for in a particular style of beer. But extract brewers, if you use a, a few um, a few tricks that you can you can make beer that no one, no one would know that it was an extract beer. Oh, so I mean, for you, Dave, do you do all grains? Or? I do all grain. I have for many years now. Yeah. Okay. And it's it's oh. not the I mean it's not really a, a a a big transition from going to extract to partial grain to full grain or it it's a little more equipment right uh, a little more time in your brew day uh, for me an average brew day is uh, five to six hours okay um, 
if you're doing extract brews on your on your stove top, you can probably shave a couple hours off of that. But if you're not in a hurry, uh, and I think that's part of the key, is don't be in a hurry. Uh, let things take the time that they need when you're brewing. Um, so pick a day when you've got a full day. Don't try to get a brew in before you're, you have to be at work at 2 o'clock in the afternoon or something. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, make sure, you know, you have that uh, t- time. And then, so, I mean, as far as your, your bottling, I mean, do you bottle or keg? I keg my beer. Uh, oh. Yeah, uh, I found that it was much easier to fill one keg than 48 bottles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I have to, I'm the one that has to fill those 48 bottles, so I'm sure it would be. But, I mean, for competitions, then, do you just kind of, you know, like uh, have a hose or, or something that goes into the bottles? Or I, I use, I do keg, I mean, I do bottle from a keg. Okay. And I use um, a Blickman beer gun. Is oh, yeah, a piece the beer of a, gun. Yeah. And that works great for filling bottles. I, I did find that um, you need to sort of over-carbonate your beer slightly when you're going to keg or bottle a beer for a competition. I found over time that uh, if you don't, that you do lose a little bit of carbonation just in the process of bottling. You do, you lose, even with a beer gun, you you lose a little bit. So, um I found that you do two or three PSI over normally what you would keg your beer at, and then when you bottle it, it comes out just right. Oh, great. So you mentioned about, you know, having this beer for parties, but I mean, do you set, well, I don't know, can you, you can't really mail beer, huh? Well, you can if you send, not through the U.S. Postal Service, but you can send beer because, I mean, you know, the National Homebrewers Competition, for instance, everybody mails, the, oh, sends okay. their beer to it. And you can do it through UPS or FedEx. Uh, you just have to label your beer. Um, some people put yeast samples. Oh, <laughs> they won't buy Right. But, uh, oh. So technically, you're not supposed to do it, but everybody okay. does it. That's how you get it there. Oh, that, that's that's uh, how it's uh, d- done. But I mean, right. what, what I'm wondering is, do you, you could probably again can't sell it, but maybe you could. Do you do like a beer exchange where somebody gives you beer, the six beers, and then you, you give them six beers? Or? I've 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 done a little bit of that in the past. Uh, I haven't done too much of that recently. Um, Mostly my homebrew gets shared at meetings like today. Right, right. Um, competitions, and, and I also belong to a, another club that very similar to this but smaller that we share our beers. And the rest of it I just drink at home. My wife and I uh, enjoy it, so... Oh, and you have, like you said, uh, you know, the, the certain am- amounts and you have the different flavors. So it's not like necessarily like what we do is when we brew a certain, you know, five gallons and we're drinking, you know, brown ale for so many weeks. I mean, you have different you, uh, different ones that you, you drink then. Huh? Yes, yes. I've got a little... Uh, I've got a little bar set up in my house yeah. and I have a little three-tap uh, uh, kegerator, basically. So I try to keep two or three beers on tap most of the time and because um, we like a little variety. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, Dave, so before we go, I wanted to, you know, ask you that, you know, I know I, we really are encouraging new younger members. So, I mean, uh, is there any advice you have for somebody that's thinking about brewing, do you recommend they come to this this club? Or 
I would definitely recommend that you that you join a homebrew club. Right. Whether if you're local here in Orlando, then absolutely the Central Florida Homebrewers would love to have you. Uh, if you're not, there's so much online information available too. And uh, if I could make a recommendation, there's a um, a podcast network called the Brewing Network that I probably learned as much or more from them as I did from anybody else since I've been homebrewing. They do shows specifically geared towards homebrewing. Um, they'll they'll pick a style of beer and tear it apart and figure out what how to make a certain style of beer. They do a show where they interview commercial brewers, uh, just like we're doing now, yeah. uh, almost, uh, and they... I've always found I've, I've always found a little tidbit of information in almost every interview that I've done or heard um, that I thought, okay, I can use that. I can use that in my home brewing, whatever that might be, whether it's just a certain technique or maybe an ingredient for a certain style of beer. Um, but I would rec- highly recommend uh, the Brewing Network or other podcasts similar to that, that you really can get a lot of information out of those guys. Okay, uh, Dave, we really appreciate your uh, time. Any final thoughts or anything else you'd like to mention here? Um, no, I just, um, it's a great hobby. It's, um, I love doing it. Uh, I've changed my style of brewing over the years. Uh, I've just graduated from a, a full propane system to an all-in-one electric system now, which is a little little easier to use. Um, um so I would, I would recommend if uh, there, there's, to me, there's so much more um, choices now as far as equipment and ingredients than there used to be when I first started back in the late 90s. Um, so take advantage of that and, and, and learn about the equipment that's available and, and, um, and you can make fine beer very easily. Okay, my guest has been Dave So from the Central Florida Home Brewers. You're listening to the Central Florida Buzz with Mike Kara here at Dead Lizard uh, Brewing. And please stay with us for a very last segment of this edition of our program today. Well, welcome back to our very last segment of this edition of uh, the Central Florida Buzz with Mike Kara. As always, uh, every month we we come to uh, a beautiful Dead Lizard Brewing in Orlando, and uh, my guest today is Matt Hunsworth, who is now the vice president of Loggers, Loggers, yes. <laughs> and on the education uh, committee uh, for the Central Florida Home Brewers. And Matt, it's a pleasure on you could join us once again. And uh, one of the things you were talking about during the meeting is, uh, you know, virtual judging, and we want to talk a little bit about that. Not seem like everyone was you know, necessarily thrilled, but it is a, a way to, you know, uh, to to com- to communicate and still do the th- things you want to, huh? Yeah, I mean it's uh um I don't know how to say it. If you want if you want to have a competition in the situation we're in right now for better or for worse, it's a tool that makes that possible. And if that's not something you're interested in, then we'll find the best alternative we can. And I mean that's all about I can say about that. It's like you you have to pick what side of the argument you want. Do you want the competition or do you want to have your life the way you want it in your only way? That's not going to happen. Neither is going to happen. You have to find a compromise, and this is a compromise tool. End of discussion on, you know, the, that whole 
not under discussion, but that's that's like the bottom line of it. Right. Well, I'll just say that it does seem like it, it is convenient because it does allow people to, like I say, you know, be be at home, and, you know, and, you know, it, it allows them to do this, you know, vir- virtually. So, I mean, do you think that it's going to be easier to do something like this? Or? No, it's, it's, it's different. Change is not the thing people put on top of their list that they want in their lives. So you're just going to have to um, either find a way to work with it right now or, or, or like I said, have not have the competition. So um, I wouldn't say it's going to be easier. It's going to be different, which leads into what I was saying about the change. So I think right now the virtual judging system is a wonderful tool to have. And I think as things progress it's going to be a wonderful tool to add into addition to everything else you normally do in a brewing system i mean i'm sorry a judging system for a homebrew competition so maybe not easier but makes does maybe it's not an individually easier thing but it makes the entire process of having a competition the size of ours easier okay uh Matt, now I want to talk about this, you know, sunshine challenge that's uh, coming up. I know everyone's, you know, getting excited and getting ready. And uh, so right now uh, you're, you're getting in entries and you're, you're planning. I mean, this, this thing is kind of like in the fi- final stages? or Yep. Um, I believe we've now capped out. Uh, I think we have our 300 entry limit and entries are starting to come in as of today. And we are representing over 15% of the entries, which is a number we have not hit since 2013, I think. So we're, we're, we're making a very large, uh, we have a very large presence in this year's Sunshine Challenge, which is a wonderful thing because we're just coming off the heels of a very successful run at the first Coast Cup, the best showing we've had all season for our club. So this is a very exciting ramp up into this competition. I'm really excited about the whole thing. Oh, so so you have to let our audience know, you know, competitors from all different uh, clubs, I mean, around the area then? Everywhere. We, we have um, no restrictions on sending us your or entering the competition and sending us your beers. It's We have most, I don't know the number. I'm going to say 95% are probably florida right um and local but we do certainly have some out-of-state people there's been a couple out-of-state clubs that have really made a a mark um maybe even an impact on the central florida uh circuit this year and i expect to see them as well arkansas illinois um illinois sorry i always say the s (laughs) illinois um i think colorado might have been the other one but i I expect to see those out-of-state entries as well we saw them last night uh, as of this recording, last night in the first Coast Cup, coming up with some wins. So we'll have, we'll have entries from all over the, definitely all over the country. We might have some from other other countries. I don't know, but I I guarantee we'll get some from other states. Oh, great. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're talking about, uh, you know, the judging and, you know, I've been encouraged to, to be uh, a judge. And I understand that there's, so there's a certified judge and a non-certified judge. Is that how it works? Or? There's a couple different levels. There's, you can be a judge uh, as long as you have demonstrated some kind of interest and skill right. in recognizing characteristics of beer. You can be a non-BJCP judge oh. and judge with a BGCP right. certified person as your partner. Yeah. Once you get into BGCP 
realm, you have, I believe, recognized is now the low. It used to be, there used to be an apprentice. I think that's gone. There's now recognized, certified, national, and then you get into the master and grandmaster levels. So there's there's all there's a whole different level system within BJCP as well. Oh, great. Uh, so, you know, we wanted to congratulate you, Matt, that, uh, you know, on all your, your beers, I guess this was from this first uh, Coast uh, Cup. I mean, do you save any of that? Uh, do you bring any of that to the meeting? I haven't brought many of them to the meeting, if any, this year. Uh, I do very, very small batch brewing, and... When I mean small batch, I mean one gallon, oh, one wow. gallon and two point five <laughs> gallon, and usually I get about six bottles out of it. And normally, in any other situation, that it was face, if it were face to face judging, you'd only need three bottles, and I'd have half my bottles left over. Uh, with this virtual judging again, uh, for for what it's worth, it, you have to enter four bottles, so I only have two left. I always like to save one for like the middle of the judging session to kind of taste what the judges are are tasting. Um, so I get an idea of what my score could possibly be or what, or, or know what their feedback will be. And that only leaves me with one bottle and I kind of like to, I kind of hoard my one bottles and then I'm sit for months and years and whatnot and see what happens to them for further research on brews in the future. So it kind of stinks that the, uh, we have to have four bottles cause I would bring that third unaccounted for bottle to the meetings more, but right now it's, it's not in my inventory. <laughs> Oh, so I mean, for you, Matt, is there a situation where you have a need to make like uh, five gallons or ten g- gallons? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, do people request, uh, you know, Dave was saying that he has parties and he has fr- fresh yep. beer at his parties. I Absolutely. Mean, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Pints and Paws is an example. I yeah. Two five gallon batches for that. We have a Halloween party each year. We're going to make uh, probably two five gallon batches for that and another half dozen, two and a half half gallon batches yeah yeah i i I, usually i don't do a five gallon batch for a competition because the beer i'm making is specifically for the competition without getting into too much detail i research the past winners and kind of see where the trends are going as far as what the judges like and it might not necessarily be something i want five gallons of on tap (laughs) so i'll just make the gallon to enter and be done with but yeah, I mean, as far as drinking beer, if you want to call it that, yeah, I'll make five gallons all day long. Yep. <laughs> oh, okay, man. So you mentioned about your your Halloween uh, party. What is a good beer for Halloween to make? Anything red, anything red, because you can call it blood something. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. so easy. Or actually, um, anything dark, like bordering on black. You can then you can call it night or or evil or what you know. You can all, add all kinds of Halloween names to it. It's so it's half the fun of, of of having a Halloween party is having a beer that has a fun name. I mean, having the good beer on top of it obviously is is what you want to do. But having a fun name beer is uh is always been. Um, Half the fun of of me and my wife putting on our Halloween parties is is naming them. So yeah, anything red, anything black, you can just have fun with all the whole season. Yeah, and uh, you've mentioned that uh, Matt, uh, you know, your wife and yourself do brew. I mean, do you brew both together and separately? Or yep, everything. I'll do. I I I brew. Well, I have brewed more than her, but on the average, I'll probably brew 
twice as much as her, and then her and I together will be as much as she brews alone. We have everything in between. So it's if you ever split up into quarters, half of the brewing time is mine, one quarter is ours, and one quarter is hers. Oh wow! Yeah, there you there you go. Uh, so you 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 mentioned about uh, pints and paws, and uh, you know there are other um, you know beer festivals. That's what that that is, including the Orlando uh, Beer Festival. I mean, if uh, Central Florida homebrewers would would I understand though? You have to bring like to that one like fifteen gallons of beer or something. Yeah, I don't know what the number is, but, but yeah, it's a lot. It, yeah, it is a lot. Yeah. So, but I mean, you would be interested oh, yeah, of if, uh, yes, yes, <laughs> if yep. you had to. You could make fifty. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it if it has to be fifty gallons of one type or maybe all I, of. I everything. think it's everything all together. Yeah, I don't think you have to have all one <laughs> one style of beer. I think you can switch them out or have multiple taps. I mean, that's what Pites Pites and Paws had had a minimum gallon as well, and and not no one of us had. That amount. We had right. that amount together and then some. And I'd imagine this is the same way. So for you, Matt, you know, we I know you've gone, uh, like me, to several of these, you know, beer festivals and you've tasted, you know, all these different, you know, types of beer, getting a chance to try little cups. But have you had the opportunity to maybe get inspired, you know, and say, hey, maybe not necessarily a clone, but maybe I'd like to make some of these beers? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That Having a, the opportunity to have hundreds of different styles and samples of not only classic styles but things outside the box is invaluable i'll always walk away with an idea at least more than one but i mean i can i can easily say i've walked through out of every festival it's something i wanted to go home and try right away Okay, uh, Matt. So we've asked everybody else, and that is, you know, you, you know, the, the chance to give, uh, you know, beer as presents and mailing beer. So I mean, I guess you're not really supposed to mail beer. No, nope, you're not. <laughs> nope. Nope. All I can say is that. Uh, oh, I don't know. If I can say anything. Yeah, probably. You know, yeah, yeah, I no. would just say it is. Uh, it is illegal with the United States Post Service and any other independent carrier. Ha- read their terms and services. And then research online what to do and make your own decision. That's what I'll say. How's that? Yeah, that's that, no, that, no, no. I, I understand that, but I mean, as far as getting this beer, the best way is is if somebody comes to your house, or or you could even come like a place like here. They have you know beer sharing, yep. so you know there's always way to get your yeah. beer to people that want to try is, it. Yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah, you 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 actually said it right there. It's like you there's it's all you have to do is put it out to some sort of source that people see it to say you have beer you want feedback on and you will get a response. Yeah, that is not a difficult uh, uh, road to till. Yeah. Oh, great. Uh, so for uh, now, Matt, do you have any uh, beers uh, coming up or any new ideas? Or uh, Well, that's a good question. Um, I don't know that you'd say new ideas. I, the Halloween, Halloween oh, beers yeah, are going yeah, to start soon. I mean, we're going to do... Um, our Oktoberfest uh, next weekend. It's it's uh, going to be my wife's first lager, so her and I are going to do that together. We're going to do a a, 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 a marathon to have it ready for October, um, and then uh, I think a month after that, we it's it's all Halloween party beers, and I don't think I have anything out of the ordinary this year. I think we're pretty straightforward. I think it's going to be like a we got an IPA, we got. Yeah, I don't think I have anything strange. One year, I will say one year, just since I don't have anything strange, I did take a box of blueberry oh, cereal wow. and dumped it in the mash. Uh, and that was interesting. Yeah. 
and not great, but it's interesting. <laughs> it didn't kill anybody, so that was good. <laughs> so one uh, beer I was thinking about making for Halloween, Matt, maybe you've ma- you've made it. It's like a caramel apple beer. Oh, yeah. You've that's already made that. No, yeah. I haven't. No, I've not. But oh, I mean, that's a great idea. It, uh... No, not even that. I think it's a great idea. I was agreeing. It's like that's a great oh, idea man. for, oh, for thank Halloween. You. I'm glad yeah. that I, would... I might. I might take that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sure. Maybe, feel maybe not this year, to... but next year. So yeah. yeah. Feel free to <laughs> make yeah. it. Make, no, make that's it. that's great. That's that's that's. That's actually perfect. Dang. <laughs> Wish we had this conversation last month. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we, yeah, we uh, should have. Okay, uh, Matt, uh, we appreciate uh, your time. We wanted to quickly mention that you're on the, you know, Education uh, commit Committee, too, and you, you know, you encourage everyone that's listening, if they have an interest in brewing beer, is to come to, the, to this club. You know, this club tends to be a little more social, but very, very concentrated also on competitions and, and everything else you I've, know i've seen a shift I and mean, i'm very happy to to say that i've like when i when i joined it was it was primarily a social club that brewed once in a while but after <laughs> last night's showing in first coast and seeing how many entries we have in sunshine i think we are 50 50 which is exactly where i want to see the cup or the club yeah I want, I want us to enjoy right. each other's company and exactly. enjoy beer but i also want us to follow up on our namesake which is central florida right. home Brewers, right. that name, and I think we've made that shift this year, which is pretty amazing considering what we went through the past eighteen, almost twenty-four months. So that's that's really a a thing I, t- I take a lot of pride in being uh, part of as being a member of the club. Okay, man. Any final thoughts or anything else you'd like to mention here? Uh, I'll, I'll, my usual sign-off: Brewing beer is the best <laughs> hobby on the face of the earth because even when it's not what you want, you have beer. So if you have any interest whatsoever, come check us out because it's 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 a hobby. It will, you will you get addicted too fast, and it's just super rewarding. Okay, thanks, Matt. My guest has been Matt Hudsworth, who is on the education committee and. Vice President of Loggers yes. uh, for the Central Florida Home Brewers. And you've been listening to uh, the Central Florida Buzz with uh, Mike Kara here at Dead Lizard uh, Brewing. My guest, Matt Hodgesworth. And please catch us again next time. You've been listening to the Central Florida Buzz with Mike Kara, the podcast for Central Floridians who want to be in the know what's happening in Orange Lake, Osceola, and Seminole Counties. Sponsored by the Central Florida Home Brewers, the premier craft and home brew club. Learn to brew beer, kombucha, mead, and make wine by visiting www.cfhb.org. Thanks for being with us. We'll see you back here next week.